0: You're listening to the Kitchen Garden Magazine podcast, your fortnightly fix of gardening features, advice and chat. Subscribe and follow us now to never miss an episode. Pest and disease control without chemicals. This month, Dr. Anton Rosenfeldt, Knowledge Officer of Garden Organic, explains how you can manage pests and diseases in your gardens naturally. Perhaps one of the key barriers to venturing down the organic route is the fear that without chemicals there will be nothing to protect your plants from attack from pests and diseases. This really requires a change in mindset. Organic pest and disease management isn't about simply replacing synthetic chemicals with organic equivalents, but instead Adopting a holistic and proactive approach. Generally, there are fewer silver bullets in organic growing. Instead, it's about creating an environment that greatly reduces the opportunities for pests and diseases to take hold. With our pollinators in decline and a biodiversity crisis on our doorstep, now more than ever we should ditch the toxic chemicals. Here are a few tried-and-tested, alternative approaches. A Biodiverse Environment Biodiversity really is your ally in the garden. Last year, I started seeing aphids on my peppers in July. Rapidly, a ladybird larva started devouring the aphids, soon joined by a hoverfly larva, then finally a parasitic wasp knocked the rest of them out. This was the result of having many flowering plants around the garden, such as buckwheat, phacelia, fennel and calendula to provide pollen and nectar to support these beneficial insects. Resistant varieties Choice of plant variety is important in the fight against pests and diseases. Often those we are accustomed to see in our supermarkets are quite disease susceptible and rely on high inputs of sprays, so they may not be the best choice for growing at home. For example, Cox's orange pippin apples are extremely susceptible to apple scab, so if you like the flavour of a Cox without the diseases, Sunset might be a better one to try. I also go for potato varieties with better resistance to tuber blight, such as Aula, which has good flavour too. Transplants. As a gardener, you have the luxury of being able to grow plants to a slightly larger size in small pots before planting them out, unlike the commercial grower. This means that they are less vulnerable to slug attack than if you had sown them directly in the soil or planted them out as small seedlings. Remember to expose them to the outdoors to harden them off properly first. Otherwise, you have soft, fleshy plants that are a particularly tasty snack for all manner of pests. Timing Growing at home doesn't have the pressures of producing a consistent supply to satisfy a market, so you can grow at times that suit you i have taken to growing things when they are less likely to be attacked by pests and diseases for instance early varieties of potatoes can be harvested before the blight pressure intensifies usually from mid-july onwards i also delay growing oriental brassicas and rocket until later in the year or even over winter when there are fewer flea beetles to chomp little holes in the leaves. Physical Barriers In some cases, this can be the only thing that works against pests. Fine mesh netting secured over your plot is necessary to keep out carrot fly and stop cabbage white butterflies laying their eggs on your brassicas. A wider mesh netting will also protect from pigeons destroying your crop overnight or cats, using the beds as a toilet. hand Handpicking hand picking is particularly effective at keeping the mollusk population under control. I find 10 o'clock in the evening a good time to go and pick slugs. Make sure you search thoroughly for any lurking in corners and under pots. I can't bring myself to kill them, so relocate them about half a mile down the street. Biological controls introduce predatory organisms such as mites, microscopic worms or tiny parasitic wasps to control your pests. There are many products available and the fact that many of them have been used in commercial production for years is a testament to their effectiveness. There are those that work against a whole range of pests including slugs, sired flies, vine weevils, white flies and red spider mites. They can, however, work out quite pricey to use, so it is important to follow the instructions closely as to how and when to apply them, as they won't be very effective under suboptimal conditions. Organic sprays Natural or organic sprays are considered a last port of call when things get out of hand. Perhaps the most commonly used are soft soap sprays. They remove the waxy layer that protects soft-bodied insects such as aphids. Although their effects on hard-bodied beneficial insects such as ladybirds is small, they do have some impact, so should be used with care. Pyrethrum, another natural insecticide, is derived from chrysanthemum flowers and breaks down quickly in the environment. However, it is a broad-spectrum insecticide that is harmful to pollinators, so I wouldn't want to use it on a regular basis. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to Kitchen Garden Prime for just 4 per month. You'll be getting a whole lot for your plot, including an easy-read tablet and phone edition to read anywhere, anytime. Exclusive access to 10 years of digital back-issue archives, access to exclusive content from the online allotment, the Mud Coutures website, Plus, the monthly print magazine will be delivered free to your door each month. Head to classicmagazines.co.uk forward slash kgprime to sign up today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen